Hello, and welcome to another Unsponsored Entrepreneur Podcast. We offer unfunded news about startups and entrepreneurs. I'm Jen Barnett. And I'm Matt Hoddle. We work together at Red Hawk Entrepreneur Development Company. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the responsibility of the startup and entrepreneur community in confronting racism. Well, so let's start off with news first and foremost. So um, something for uh, those of us who aren't, um, you know, just about football and baseball and some of kind of the traditional Southern sports. The World Cup has announced that Birmingham is one of 49 cities under consideration for hosting it. The only bad news is we would be hosting it at Legion Field, which probably hasn't been renovated or upgraded in any meaningful way since 1996 when we hosted Olympic soccer games there. But we're getting a USO. USL. USL. Very close. Nice try, though. Thank you. I give you, I give you what credit. What is the Elf for trying. League? League. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, USO are the girls who would go and entertain Bob troops. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Boy, I just dated myself badly we, there. <laughs> we, Marilyn Monroe. I should have said The Rock, yeah. right, or something. <clears throat> so we're getting a USL team, right? Yes, we are. So they're going to need to play somewhere also. Correct. So maybe we can you know, put these two things together. Well, and UAB is right. They're going to play there. So, mm-hmm. so is UAB football, the USL, potentially World Cup. But it's just, you know, they're going to look at this and they're going to look at it in consideration and go, okay, and where are we going to be playing? We let, Birmingham's cool. It's up and coming. You know, it's got great access to this, that, and the other. You know, pull from the metro areas. We've got, you know, really strong soccer leagues, you know, uh, youth soccer leagues and all that stuff. Great. Perfect. Where are we going to play? And then they show them Legion Field and it's like, fur, 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 fur. Maybe they won't come and look at it in person. Maybe they'll just look at old photos. <laughs> From 1996 and its glory, right? And it's and it's all of its glory. Like, oh, what could have yeah. happened since then? It's not that long. I just feel like it's going to come off like the Sochi Olympics, like you know, yeah. <laughs> three months beforehand, and there's no toilets or something. Or, or any Olympics now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brazil four months after, uh-huh. right? Sure. All right, anyway, so that's uh, that. That is interesting. I, certainly, um, something that for for those of us who are fans of soccer and in general, I think it's a benefit for all of us. So you know, we're we're obviously would love to have that. We're pulling for it. So um, one of the big pieces of news. Um, this week was Icebox Coffee was acquired by Royal Cup. And I'm excited about that for a couple of reasons. One is Icebox makes a great product. They do. Uh, I mean, it's, it's... I used to carry it at Freshfully and drink it every morning. Yeah, and it's funny. It's one of the few coffees that I will drink like unadultered, right? So no yeah. sugar, no cream, whatever. It's just, it's a good, smooth coffee from that cold brew and their whole process and stuff like that so that's really cool but the other part about that i'm excited about is that you know here's royal cup again that has in in every right could be kind of a stodgy kind of commercial coffee supplier and here they are doing something pretty kind of forward thinking right and that's in their history and i think that uh, royal cup deserves some credit for kind of looking forward and saying hey this is where you know coffee products are going this is a local company uh, that we're really excited about and and making that kind of that merger or acquisition or however they're going to phrase it uh, happen so i think that's really cool i agree and also they're bringing bb who's the founder of icebox on to be uh, her title is something like director of coffee it innovations. Was a little, it was a little esoteric, but yeah. Yeah, but it's cool. I it, mean, yeah. you know, like if you're a founder of a consumer product, you don't want to go and be, yeah. you know, marketing analyst yeah. for. You yeah. want a cool job. And I'm sure that the, I'm sure Royal Cup, um, you know, really communicated to her like, hey, this is what we have the vision for the product and all of that stuff, and she'll be able to to continue to kind of guide and and, and push that vision. So that's great. I agree. Um, the other thing, a big thing here in Birmingham is the municipal elections are Tuesday of next week 
um, and the city council seats, school board seats, the mayor, uh, all of those are up for uh, election or all up for grabs. It's 19 seats in total, which that's a wow. lot. Um, and if you are happy with what's going on now, great opportunity to keep those folks in place. If you're not happy, 19 seats could change. I mean, that to me feels like a, a huge um, potential shift in how you know the city council, the school board, the mayor's office run or function. Right. Whether or not the incumbents win, this is a referendum a lot on those those existing seats. So you know, the only thing is that you know you got to get out there and vote, right? Yes. So voter turnout was historically low by estimates, early estimates for the Senate primary this past week and or this past Tuesday. So, you know, obviously you got to get out there and vote. I think a lot of the incumbents are trying to bank on a low voter turnout. So whether you're for them or not for them, uh, I think that that generally uh, behooves the incumbents in the, in the That's race. That's right. Well, there was a huge issue with the voting last week of people not knowing what was going on. And, you know, I've been a young person before and not had any idea what's going on civically, but it's time to know. This is the time to know. You're the largest group. Millennials are the largest group of voters. And if you decided to walk to your local voting establishment, you could control the world. Yeah, no, it's important. And it's, it's probably as important in, uh, now as it's ever been, right? And so get out there and vote, whatever, whoever your candidates you're supporting. If you don't know much about it, do some research, right? Be informed, get involved. This is a big deal and this matters. It's gonna affect uh, almost everything that that our municipality kind of touches from a from a legislative and, and policy standpoint. So that's right. The voting that happens on the local level ultimately has more effect on your day to day life than the big national elections. Yeah, do. that's a good point, and I don't think everybody thinks about that. So, and then next, I want to talk. I just kind of some shout out. So the Inc. Five Thousand list came out uh, this week. I think it was published this week. And just so everybody understands, that's a list of the, the top 5,000 privately owned companies as Inc. Magazine ranks them. And, and in order to qualify, um, you have to be a private uh, company and you have to have at least $2 million or more in revenue for 2016. We had a tremendous number of uh, Alabama winners, but just to focus a little bit on Birmingham, uh, I want to talk about Momentum Telecom, Spartan Value Investors, American Family Care, Hospice Link, PharmaPoint, GK Houses, Employment Screening Services, which I think most people know as ESS, SourcePoint, Ursa Group, and Mountain High Outfitters. And that's an impressive list, it and is the, a the, the big one that list. was yeah, it is a big list, and then also too. Um, our, our friends over at Link Home Realty uh, were actually ranked. They weren't there technically in Pelham, so they in Birmingham, so I didn't put them on the list. But they actually ranked in the top 1,000, um, which is pretty impressive. So congratulations to them. And on the list of, of companies that were in Birmingham, the number, the highest ranked one was American Family Care, and they're currently at 1,020. So they're just outside that top 1,000, mm -hmm. Inc. 1,000 list, which is pretty prestigious. So congratulations to all of those winners. Can we talk about lake homes for a second? Sure. Because if you have not been in the market for a lake house, and unless you are in a certain income bracket and of a certain age, you probably haven't been, you may not know about them. And what they have done is incredible. They have completely disrupted the real estate industry in this one area, which is purely buying lake homes. Basically, they have put 
a broker in every state that has lakes that, they're, that they exist in so that they can actually sell real estate in all of those states and then built the most massive engine to search and look for lake homes. If you have ever looked for a lake home, you know how difficult it is. You drive up to the middle of BFE, you have no idea where anything is, uh, you, the road maps mean nothing there, Go your Google maps may disappear, you may have no cell service. Uh, there are sides of the lake, you don't know what's close to a restaurant or a grocery, it is a complete crapshoot. And so you're putting all of your trust into someone you don't know, you haven't met, none of your friends know, there's no relationship. And so this site and the traffic to it is just madness. Yep. Um, it will tell you, it lets you compare lakes, decide where you wanna live. It It is a really incredible tool that is completely renovating that industry. And when you think about how many baby boomers are, pleased or God, retiring at this point, uh, their business is just gonna grow and grow. Yeah, and, and the thing that was interesting to me as I got to know a little bit about their operations is that's almost like a tech company masquerading as a realty company. That's right. Because their their tech back end is so impressive mm -hmm. uh, and their marketing back end is so impressive that they're almost like a marketing tech firm uh, that, that just happens to be doing that in realty. Right, right? it's that perfect hybrid model yep. where you have it's not purely an online service that doesn't really provide you what you need in terms of boots on the ground. You can't finish the transaction there, but it's also not a purely analog yep. service where you have to drive to an office and figure it out and yep. go about it the old way. It is, it is really a true hybrid model. So we want to move into kind of our, our feature of the podcast today and talk a little bit about you know, social responsibility as it, as it applies to you know, businesses and business owners. And so this is something that Jen and I have talked a lot about, but given the recent, um, you know, events in Charlottesville and elsewhere, it seems more relevant than ever to talk about the role that businesses play within kind of that, that social space and what is our responsibility? I completely agree. And it goes for business owners, it goes far beyond monuments. I feel like ultimately, regardless of how you feel about civil war monuments, that's gonna be a decision that's made between governments and their constituents. Yeah, business owners have very little say or influence uh, when it comes to those issues and us standing around the water cooler and talking about it might be helpful for growth, our own personal growth, but there isn't, a whole lot we can do to affect that. And, and we're gonna talk about like some of the things that we can do to positively affect that going forward. And, That's right. And we'll get into that. It's It's been interesting to watch this week for me, um, who, you know, I'm, I'm a business nerd. Like I love that stuff. I love watching it. I think it. we proved that last, <laughs> last week. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I like the, the machinations of it and all the intricacies of it. And <clears throat> one of the things that I thought was, was really interesting is whether or not you, you know, whether or not you agree with the CEOs coming off of these councils that the White House put together, um, it's been really interesting to see who made the decision to remove themselves and therefore their company from that, and also kind of that uh, push and pull, like between. I don't want to be associated with this, right. right? Because I'm now associating myself with a message that just came out of this, this White House that I just vehemently disagree with. 
But at the same time, if I come off the council, then I no longer have a vote. I no longer have a voice. I can't influence policy. I can't influence change. Now you can take that for what it's worth. You can say that that's lip service, that somebody just doesn't want to take their Fortune 100, Fortune 50 company off that list for you know PR reasons or whatever else, and that could be the cynical look on it. But you could also look at it and take it for face value, which is that there are some people that want to be involved on that because they believe it gives them a voice and it gives them an opportunity to shape policy maybe away from what they've been hearing so far and right. what they, they, they so strongly disagree with. But what was interesting is is watching who goes first, right? And you know, Kevin Plank in Under Armour and the CEO at uh, Merck were two of the first that, that, that came off of there. And, and you've got to remember, Kevin <clears throat> Plank was a very vocal Trump supporter during the primary season as well as the general election. And I and, actually didn't know that, but yep. I went back and read the things that he said. Yep. And he and he had a lot of controversy. I mean, he created controversy. I mean, you got to understand that this is a company that's bread and butter is major sponsorships with athletes, most of whom are of color. Yeah. Right. So here's somebody coming out and supporting a candidate that has been very vocal or at least at 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 least clumsy in the way that he's talked about race relations and his own personal beliefs in those systems. It's and like I think I'm nobody, being kind when I call it clumsy, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like nobody gave him his dog whistle. <laughs> so the <laughs> point is, is that they, they come off and then, you know, you start to see these more and more defections and then finally the White House's response is, well, we're just going to disband the whole thing, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and they ran a little bit of... of you know, interference for those CEOs. And again, take that for what it's worth or find deeper meaning there. It doesn't matter. I get, I, to me, the point here that I'm trying to make is it's interesting to watch that on a national scale because while companies like Red Hawk or companies like uh, some of the ones that we talked about in the Inc. 5000, you know, we're, we're, pub, we're private companies. We're not public. And so, you know, what we say or do, at least on a national scan, uh, scale, is never going to resonate. It, we're not going to be on a White House council. We're not going to be you know, in a position to to take a quote unquote stand um, on, on such a, a scale. But that doesn't mean that we don't have some responsibility on a local level, on a smaller level or on an indiv individual level to not only be aware of that, but take active steps to make sure um, that we have our, our finger on the pulse of that social responsibility and, and, our, and our role to play in that. I agree. So there are certain things that small businesses and startups can do and need to do that may not apply to larger companies for one of two reasons. Either it's already legislated within a company, for example, a certain amount of diversity. In a large company, you have a major HR department, you have rules you have to follow, all of that stuff is sort of cut and dried in a big corporation. But also we have, I think, responsibilities to branch out and change the world. That's why we became entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted to make a difference, we wanted to be our own boss, we wanted to get our ideas out there, and we wanted to leave a legacy, change the world, not be stuck in a cube for 50 years with not much to show for it other than, you know, maybe a watch. Now it probably just be a swift kick out the door but <laughs> you know back in the day um, and so I've made a list of some of the things that I think that small businesses and entrepreneurs can do to make a difference uh, themselves and the first and most important is to hire and promote diversity and I want to I want to I don't want the word promote to get lost in that because it's not enough to hire uh, all of the women or all the people of color to have your entry level or lower level jobs. You also have to mentor them and coach them up the system. So 
I personally think that not hiring diversity is lazy. Okay. I don't think there's much to it beyond that. There was a thread on Reddit a couple of weeks ago, and this was specifically about hiring women, but the it was a startup, and the owner of the startup said, by way of disclaimer, that everyone at his company happened to be men because they hired all people they knew and they only knew men. And I thought that was... I mean, part of me just goes, that's just patently false. <laughs> Right, yeah. like just on the face of it, like you're telling me you don't know any women, like right. that's then you're in a friary, right? Because <laughs> there's like you're a monk and you make wine that's probably not even that good, and mm-hmm. you just, I mean, give me a break. And in that case, probably no women want to work there anyway. You're good. That <laughs> you know women, they just won't associate with you. That's Maybe right. that's the real story, but anyway. And it was so pathetic. Um, and the thread was because there is a, a man on their staff who actually has a phobia of women. And so now he's about to have his 12 employees or 15 employees or whatever puts him over the threshold in California of having to have required diversity. And he's kind of screwed because he has this key employee who has a phobia of women and he doesn't know what to do. It's, a, it's an absolutely absurd scenario. But <clears throat> if you are thinking to yourself, Um, I would hire people of color, but I don't know any. I've actually heard this excuse from some of the local publications around here when they don't feature a diverse crowd in top executive lists and things like that is that we try to find top executives. Uh, We work so hard to find top executives of color and we can't find any or we can't find businesses of color. And we'll get into that in a minute, but look harder. Yeah, I mean, I'll use a case in point. You know, we were just recently uh, looking at participating in, and, and hopefully we still do, participate in a rather large endeavor that's going to be a multi-year project for us and for this group. And when we were putting the team together, you know, because we use uh, contractors here at Red Hawk, right? That's that's not uh, a secret. And and so when we were looking at contractors, very intentionally, we said, how are we going to get a voice on here that's representative of a minority class, right? Of somebody else, because that perspective we don't have in house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in case you've never met Jen or I, we are very white, um, you know, and so this was a project that was specifically going to be dealing with um, a large range of people and a mm-hmm. lot of socio demographic um, variation. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was almost irresponsible um, not to intentionally look for. Um, an opportunity to include somebody there that was, uh, you know, that was representative of a, of a minority. And in this case, it's not like we went down market. I want to be really clear about this. Like we swung for the fences and the person that we, we, we've got for this is unbelievable. Right. Uh, and is probably, you know, forget about uh, the, you know, kind of their background and their ethnicity. I mean, qualified on every level anyway. But very intentionally wanted to go out and find, make sure that we had some representation there because it matters, as well as female. Like we didn't want, it didn't want to be an all male, you know, team. I thought it was important. We're going to be dealing with a huge population that's varied, and we need to make sure that we have those perspectives included in that to be effective. So it's, it's a business decision. It's not even a right. you know, moral decision. And guess what? It's not as hard as you think. No, it's not. You may have to uh, rethink your criteria. Uh, of just meeting people from your club, yeah. you know, your uh, whoever you play golf with or whatever. But if you reach beyond that, you will find so many talented 
people. I mean, if you're looking for entry-level employees, just the kids who come out of these academies in the Birmingham City Schools is staggering yep. some of the talent there. And they have these advanced skills and these different um, industries because of the way the academies work. So in other words, you know, branch out, live a little, uh, go beyond your let's, social let's circle. Let's be real simple. It's two words. Try harder. Yeah, try harder. Okay, so the second point I wanted to make was to fund black-owned businesses. Um, there was an article on AL.com recently about the number of black-owned businesses in Alabama. It is only 3%, which sadly puts us ahead of the national average of 2%, but 26% of our population is black, but only 3% of our businesses are black-owned. A lot of this has to do with the fact that they uh, are less likely to receive business loans. When they do receive them, they have higher rates and they receive staggeringly less equity funding, which makes sense if people are funding people like themselves and we have historical right. inequality in, in wealth, then they have fewer people to draw on. So branch out. If you are investing in businesses, make it a point to find a minority-owned business that you believe in and fund them. If you can invest in our community, do your research, do some networking, and find someone that you can back and support. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's perfect. I have nothing to add there. <laughs> wow. I'm speechless. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I want to write this down in time. Okay. Yes. The third thing is to mentor people of color. Um, white people have a massive first mover advantage when it comes to business it's kind of like this for women too uh, and i have an example from business school where some guys were talking to me about uh, being promoted and rising up through the ranks of a corporation and and didn't understand why i didn't have those skills embedded and so i asked them you know what'd your dad do for a living and they told me What'd your granddad do? They told me. They, most of them even knew what their great-granddad did. And so I said, my mom was a secretary. My grandmother didn't work. Her mother didn't work. Her mother didn't work. I am the second generation work employee in my line. That's, that's wild. Yeah. And, and you were and you were born in what year, just to give people... 71. Right. So, I mean, it's it's not like it's... 48 or right. something yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. Now, my mom went on to become an entrepreneur, which was a huge uh, catalyst for yep. me becoming an entrepreneur. But this is not institutional knowledge that has been passed down for me of how to behave in a meeting, how to comport yourself when uh, handling a business arrangement, how to give a handshake, how to make eye contact, little cues that men have had their whole lives. And it's similar for minorities and uh, people of color to not have that institutional knowledge of how to operate in these environments because they were not given that opportunity in the past. So take some time, mentor someone. You can train students at the high school level, like we were talking about at these academies. They are so open to you coming in and meeting with the kids, offering them internships, sharing the knowledge that you have, and it will be 10 times as rewarding for you and as eye-opening and as growth-oriented for you as it will be for them. Absolutely. Uh, and also on the college level. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've found when, when we've had the opportunity to do the, th those things, 
um, is I always come out of it just kind of fired up, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like it strips away all the crap and the minutia and all the stuff that, you know, just swirls around in your head and, you know, it's the, the day-to-day and just the stuff and the stress of running a business and growing a business and doing all that stuff. And then you sit in front of, you know, a 17-year-old, um, almost adult, and they're telling you about this business idea that they have and just how big their eyes are and yep. how excited their voice is and and how readily they will admit to you, like, I don't know that this is going to work or I don't know everything I need to know or I'm scared about this or, or those kinds of things. And you just go, you know, this is what we need more of. And we need more of that in a, di- a more diverse population because presumably a lot of those opportunities are going to be taken back into the neighborhoods from from where those kids grew up right and they're going to start those businesses there and that's just has an incredible economic development impact for everyone involved not just that neighborhood but citywide or statewide or even nationally if we can think bigly uh, bigly like that (laughs) um I had to do it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that reminds me of something that I want to throw in here. This is an aside, but there's an organization in town called Youth Serve, and it is fantastic. And if you want to uh, include your kids and have them start to learn how to think about diversity and to get to know people of all different races and socioeconomic statuses and so on, they can volunteer for YouthServe. It's a program that happens, they do things year round, but it's a program that happens in the summer where they take on community projects and it's kids from all walks of life. And I had the opportunity to attend one of their sessions. They do a privilege walk, which I'd never heard of before, but apparently is um, fairly well known process where they show just what a giant difference it makes to grow up in a middle class or upper middle class household and have access to education and money and the things that you want and have parents that are together and and all of these different resources and and uh, it also teaches the kids that and they bond and i think that if you have kids of high school age that they would be better for it um okay so my next one is to not make corporate face palms on social media. (laughs) This is getting um, a little more into the silly side of things, but I have seen so many companies try to riff on social issues on Twitter and they fail every single time. So so let's talk about the most epic one that we found in our research as examples. And I remember this happening, but and this happens every year on MLK Day. That is the like just plum choice time for companies to do really stupid things. Um, And the Golf Channel hijacked an MLK hashtag and thread by asking people what they would do on their dream day so they asked them and this was technically on the anniversary of the 50th anniversary of the i have a dream speech that's right so what they were asking you to do is to tweet your golf dream oh no yeah it's so bad like i knew what you were going to say and it still doesn't get any better uh, one of my favorite Hearing responses it. to that is, I have a dream that someone at the Golf Channel will be fired for completely missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was well-earned and yeah. very deserved. Just like, so this goes back to diversity. If you have a diverse staff, someone on your diverse staff will say, 
hey, that, and, and they're empowered to speak up because sure. you can't have a diverse staff and then, you know, muzzle them. Right. But if you have a diverse staff, they will say, hey, that is not a good idea. Yeah, I'm not to, cool with that. That's not cool. This is a personal issue yeah. that had to do with uh, my ancestors' and I think rights. It, yeah, and I think it reeks of a lack of perspective and a lack of empathy to, to even understand like what I'm about to do yeah. doesn't bother me because I have zero perspective and zero, or let's not say zero, but very little empathy for what this could mean to someone who's not like me. Right. Right? And, and on, on a philosophical scale, right? To, to, to not be so specific. But to me, that's tragic in and of itself to have that little perspective about Are the world around you. Are you saying that you think the Golf Channel <laughs> doesn't have a globalist worldview? Oh because gosh. I yeah. find that hard. They're very sophisticated. It's super, super diverse. <laughs> But no, listen, I mean, I'm not, we're picking on the Golf Channel, right? But they're, they are far from the only one. I mean, we were doing, you know, finding examples for this because we thought it was important to not speak, you know, kind of in broad terms and give you an example. I think what in five minutes we came up with, you know, a dozen of these that were just really bad. So yeah. we're picking on Golf Channel and, I, and I'm sure that, that there were plenty of conversations. I have faith. There were conversations after that went out to go, okay, this was really bad mm -hmm. and here are the things that we need to do going forward to make sure that we don't do something like that uh, in the future um at least that's my hope right my glass half full and um as an as another aside just stay on brand yeah i just said what were you going to gain by that yeah really? stay on brand and you're not going to make mistakes like that well. so i want to take a second here because i know that normally and on our podcast you know we try to keep them pretty light and pretty lighthearted and all of that stuff and i realized that what we're talking about today for a lot of people kind of either flirts with or even directly touches that third rail right and this is a this is a really hard topic to talk about but at the same time jen and i very much believe that it's the conversation and open dialogue that moves us forward i agree and there's no question in my mind that these are conversations that we have to have so whether or not you agree with us politically whether or not you agree with us socially the biggest thing we hope happens from providing something like this in this uh format is to open those channels of dialogue if you disagree with us that's fine tell us you disagree with us let's have that conversation um and this is this is not a um a topic that we took lightly as we prepared to have this conversation but thought it was uh obviously timely uh, and an important opportunity to talk through some of this stuff. So if we have flirted with or even touched that third rail or in some way, shape or form um, made this uncomfortable, I would say I'm sorry, but that would be disingenuous. Um, right. Sometimes we have to be a little uncomfortable. Sometimes we have to take a risk. Sometimes we have to be willing to put some things out there that are for what I hope is the greater good, which is to have these conversations and have these conversations in a professional uh, light, in a uh, kind of an adult uh, mechanism, in an adult kind of format. And so I hope that's what we've accomplished today. Um, certainly not our intent to upset anybody or get anybody uh, angry with us, but if we are spurning the, or we are uh, uh, promoting those conversations, then uh, it was worth doing. That's right. 
So thanks very much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you leave us comments and uh, feedback. We always love to get those things. Let us know what you'd like for us to talk about in the future, even if it's, please don't ever talk about this again because I'm very uncomfortable right now. Um, that's perfectly acceptable. You can check us out at redhawkresults.com or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash redhawkresults. Thanks for joining us. Bye.